0: Hello and welcome to the NEO News Today podcast. This is your host Dylan speaking with you. Last week, the NEO Community Assembly took place at the NEO headquarters in Shanghai, China. NEO News Today, along with representatives from various community developer groups across the globe, were on hand in one location, in one room, to discuss the NEO blockchain and offer suggestions for enhancing the current version of the blockchain as well as provide further insight into their desires for the next iteration of NEO 3. During the community assembly, I had the opportunity to meet and to get to know Harry Pearson, who is the chief architect of the NGD Seattle office. And little did I know, he's also a longtime aficionado of peer-to-peer technologies. So, in today's 14th episode of the Neo News Today podcast, Harry and I discussed his background at Microsoft and his experience working with John Devidas. We also got to discuss Harry's thought process for which tools he decided to start building when he entered the Neo ecosystem, as well as an overview of the tools he's built to date and a hint of the next set of tools he'll be building And lastly, we briefly touched upon Harry's perspective on what it has been like joining a project with such a distributed developer base. So I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Hey guys, what is going on? Thank you for listening to the Neo News Today podcast. Today we are lucky to have the chief architect of NGD Seattle joining us. This is Harry Pearson. How are you doing today, Harry? I'm doing great. How are you, Dylan? I'm awesome. Super psyched that you uh, were able to hop on the podcast with us. I know this has been uh, a little bit in the working to get you on.
1: (laughs) I've just been... uh... I've been a little heads down getting uh, getting the first release of uh, some of these developer tools out the door.
0: Yeah, that's something we really appreciate. So kind of jumping in, you spent uh, a little bit over 20 years of your career with Microsoft. Can you tell myself and our listeners a little bit about your time there and what sort of projects you most enjoyed working on?
1: Sure. I... Um I had a very unique Microsoft career. Most people who spend 20 years at Microsoft, you know, they graduate college, they, you know, they interned at Microsoft while in university and they go directly into the product groups and they stay there, you know, for decades. And I know a lot of people who either had been on that path or were, you know, clearly on that path going forward. I actually started as a consultant in Los Angeles uh, so this was a. I worked for Microsoft as a full-time employee, and I was hired out to enterprise customers in the Los Angeles area. Actually, a lot of government customers, city of Los Angeles, county of Los Angeles, that kind of stuff, uh, to help them, you know, build solutions on top of Microsoft technology. I did that for a couple of years, and then I moved into a pre-sales technical evangelist role. Uh, and then from there, I actually was one of the early pioneers of the architect evangelist role at Microsoft. So these are, uh, these were all you know pre-sales, non-consulting type of roles. But again, most of the time spent helping customers understand Microsoft technology and what they can do with it. Um, when my son was born. I didn't want that 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 job would require a lot of travel It was about 50% travel mm-hmm. and so when my son was born I decided I didn't want to travel like that anymore. So I went to go work on the Corporate side of evangelism and that's actually where I met John. I imagine that uh that was, those questions will come up more later, but uh, that's where I first met John Devados the director of NGD Seattle and I worked for him for a little while I spent a little time in MSIT and then I joined the product groups and uh, I spent some time in developer division where I worked on Iron Python. I worked on a research project uh, called Midori, which was a like a managed operating system built in a variant of C-sharp. And I worked uh, two different stints in Windows, uh, once as a program manager and once as a developer. Sweet. And probably my favorite project was the last one I worked on because that was the uh, a, a project I had been working on as, as a Skunk Works project for about a year before uh, Microsoft actually funded it. It was a project called Xlang, and it's for cross-language interoperability.
0: Awesome. I would love to touch on interoperability a little bit later, but you did just mention that you're joining other Microsoft alumni, John Devados and Peng Wang at NGD Seattle. And in your blog post, when you announced that you were coming to Nito, you said that you're thrilled to be working with John again. So, can you tell us a little bit about the time you have spent working together and maybe something that you've really enjoyed under his
1: leadership? Sure. So, as I said, when I uh, when I left the Microsoft field, when my son was born, I went to go work for a team that was at the time called the .NET Enterprise Architecture Team. The acronym was .NEAT, <laughs> Microsoft and their acronyms. We eventually <laughs> changed that to a much more reasonable architecture strategy team, AST. John was the senior member on the team when I joined, and he was the director of that team three years later when I left. And so we spent a lot of time talking about a wide variety of different enterprise architectural topics, a lot of smart client stuff, a lot of Web 2.0 stuff. This was you know 15, 16 years ago when Web 2.0 was the thing. Um, and uh, one of the things that really is fascinating about coming to Neo today, uh, given my history with John, is that... We actually spent a lot of time talking about peer-to-peer technologies back in the day. In fact, John, I, I reminded him when we were interviewing um, for the job, not this interview, obviously, um, that he had actually asked me one time what it would look like to build like an enterprise customer relationship management system on top of peer-to-peer technology. Peer-to-peer technology is one of the things that makes blockchain so fascinating. Again, it's not a centralized model it's this sort of same kind of decentralized idea peer to peer blockchain they're similar ideas and so this is an area that John and I have both been interested in for you know nearly two decades so uh, the fact that I'm getting to work with him now on this technology is a, a hoot frankly i mean it's both <laughs> i mean it's both it- it's weird to come full circle like this but it's also an area that obviously i've had a lot of interest in for quite some time
0: yeah, so I guess we could say that you haven't necessarily been following the development of the blockchain industry, but rather the blockchain technology and sort of its emergence in the past decade has made it possible for you to build out these P2P st- solutions you've been thinking about for decades.
1: Yeah, I mean, the when you had the internet enables all kinds of interesting disruptions, but one of the things that we're seeing right now is you know, inexpensive bandwidth, inexpensive storage, and inexpensive compute, which allows you to do things like blockchain types of technologies. Um, you you know, if you couldn't afford to store, you know, gigabytes of data relatively inexpensively and send, you know, blocks over the Internet every 15 seconds and the compute that's required for these types of solutions, I mean, blockchain wouldn't be feasible. And so this isn't exactly what we were thinking about 15 years ago, but one of the things that I find very fascinating about these kind of solutions is that you see a very – you see variance in the network, right? So you don't have – every single node in the network has the same capabilities. Like as an example, in blockchain or at least in the Neo blockchain, you have nodes that are consensus nodes. And you have nodes that are not consensus nodes. So, And I think that there's a lot more interesting things we can do in this space around having um, more variance in these different types of nodes. Like some nodes are going to act as bridges for RPC uh, logic. Some nodes could potentially act as cold storage for uh, for the blockchain so that maybe we don't have to have the full copy of the blockchain on every node. Um, th- these are the different types of capabilities that you can introduce in the network. And you're not limited by what you can put in the center. Uh, so I'm really excited about this from an architectural perspective. And I mean, the truth is that for, for me, it's, it tends to be all about the engineering. And so I'm really, uh, I'm really fascinated about the opportunities that this technology can provide.
0: Man, listening to you and Pong and John talk about uh, Neo, blockchain and blockchain technology is really inspiring and, and it kind of lights a fire. Uh, for me personally, because you guys are coming from such a, I, I, a quote-unquote respectable company like Microsoft, um, a couple months ago, John <laughs> said in an interview that most mainstream IT people take some time to grasp this shift in computing. So I was wondering if there were engineers that were talking about public blockchains around the water cooler while you were still at Microsoft.
1: Um when I announced I was leaving, <laughs> not so much. I mean, the you have to understand that I, I worked in um, I worked in you know Windows, and so the kinds of conversations that we're having across the water cooler uh, weren't so much about blockchain, so much as they were around you know various aspects of you know language type system interoperability, or you know various aspects about I mean. I worked in the, – the part of Windows that I worked in, both times that I worked for Windows, um, was focused on developers, right? So I worked for developer division at Microsoft, which is, you know, the division that ships things like Visual Studio and the C compiler, and then I worked for Windows in a group that was focused on developers. It had different names each time that I was part of it. So it was a developer experience and developer ecosystem and platform. But either even though they had different names, the, the focus was the same. These were the teams that shipped the, the, the programming model for Windows. And so for the most part, it's such a huge area. That's primarily what water cooler conversations tended to be about.
0: So um... – you're building out a suite of .NET dev tools, and NGD Seattle, at the most recent uh, press conference in Shanghai, uh, announced the Neo Blockchain Toolkit, which is going to be used to write, compile, and debug Neo smart contracts from within the Visual Studio Code. So I'm wondering if you can kind of uh, take us through the process of how you decided what to build out first, and maybe when developers might be able to start hacking around in the visual studio code.
1: Sure. Uh, well, the answer to that lighter one is real soon. Like this week, we'll be shipping out binaries. Um, I'm doing a workshop at the IEEE Blockchain Summit next week. And so they have to be able to download it for that. <laughs> We're getting that stuff finalized right now. We're, you know, it took a couple of days recovery after coming back from Shanghai. It's a long flight. Um but the uh, for me, uh, as, as we sort of talked about this before, I come to, to Neo as a as a aficionado of peer to peer technology and with a deep background in both platforms and developer tools and languages. I don't come at it from a deep background in blockchain. So as you know, I've been working with John and Pung for about a year, I've only officially been a part of NEO Seattle since June. Um, but I, I, I don't know if you saw, but John did a prototype, uh, did a demo of the prototype of NEO Express uh, at Consensus back in May, which was, in fact, before June. So obviously I'd been building stuff. Um, before I had made the switch. So I came to this and I, I started working through like a lot of the quick start and getting started kind of stuff. And one of the things that I found is that it's uh, the quick starts were unfortunately not particularly quick. And, you know, John talked at the uh, at that press conference about the, the, the very huge number of mainstream developers and the very small number of blockchain developers. Uh, the numbers, I believe, he said is that there's approximately 150,000 blockchain developers in the world. There's around 7 million .NET developers and around 21 million, uh, sorry, 7 million .NET developers and around 21 million uh, mainstream developers. Uh, and so part of our goal um, for NEO that we're working on in NGD Seattle is to try and capture the attention of a larger percentage of those, uh, to grow the pie, if you will, to mm-hmm. grab the attention of these mainstream and particularly the mainstream .NET developers. And Clearly, one of the things that you have to do in order to capture anybody's attention is to have a good story. And so for me, what I wanted to be able to do is to put together a good story for how to get started. And so like the process for setting up a personal developer blockchain, a private net, uh, was long and arduous. And so I built a tool called Neo Express where you can spin up a blockchain in like less than 30 seconds. And it eliminates a lot of the hassle that you get with the kind of uh, of blockchain management. For example, obviously, you know, blockchains are managing digital assets. These digital assets have value. So you wanna make sure you're very careful about how you um, protect your wallet that has all of your tokens in it. In a developer blockchain, you don't care. So in Neo uh, Express, which is this personal blockchain tool, uh, there is no password management you just create uh, wallets these wallets have nicknames so you can say i want to transfer to the devhawk wallet as opposed to the wallet aq9738 or you know, whatever i can't remember um and so it's all about getting the developer up and started quickly and to make their life easy neo express also has a variety of um developer specific features Um, in particular, right now it has the ability to do what we call checkpoint. So you can, as a developer, you can get the blockchain into a state that you want. You can create the accounts you can want, you want, you can transfer the Genesis Neo to those accounts. You can wait and create gas. You can run the blockchain faster or slower depending on uh, what's best for you. And then you get it all set up the way you want and then you can save that state in a checkpoint. And then at any point in time, you can roll back to that state. You can even have multiple checkpoints. So you can imagine having a, you know, I'm gonna get an initial state and then I'm gonna have a second state and then I'm gonna have a third state. And I can then at any point, go back to any of these states that I want. Additionally, I can actually run the checkpoint directly so that any changes are stored in memory instead of on disk. So that way, when the blockchain shuts down, all of those changes are automatically discarded. We think this will be really useful for test purposes. You get the blockchain the state you want, you wanna run your tests, the blockchain is always exactly configured the same way every time you run your tests and all of the changes coming from the tests are automatically discarded at the end of the test run. So that's the first half is the NEO Express. The other half is, as you mentioned, Visual Studio Code. Uh, Visual Studio Code is one of the uh, developer tools that Microsoft ships under the brand Visual Studio. There's also Visual Studio for Windows, the sort of traditionally what people think of when they hear Visual Studio and Visual Studio for Mac. And so uh, these tools are primarily targeted uh, at dot. Well, we're carry- right now we're primarily focused on .NET developers. Those tools are useful for all kinds of different development. Uh, Visual Studio Code, in particular, is Microsoft's open source cross platform Electron based developer tool, and its popularity has just. It's, it's been really impressive to see how fast that product has gotten popular. It is, according to um, Stack Overflow, it is as popular as the main version of Visual Studio, um, even though it's a lot less, um, it's a lot younger and it has a lot of features that, it, it's missing a lot of features that full blown Visual Studio has. But it's also incredibly extensible. And so it was, uh, what we did is we built what is called a debug adapter for the Neo VM so that you can run your smart contracts in a emulated environment and step through your code in Visual Studio, in Visual Studio code. It's a little redundant to step through your code in Visual Studio code, but (laughs) you get the idea. And so um, we're gonna build out an embedded and an uh, an integrated version so that you can actually debug the smart contract running in the context of a Neo Express blockchain. Um, That's actually one of the next things I'm gonna be working on. but uh, the, 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 the debugger today allows you to you know very easily. So you, you, the cool thing that we have now is that you have this relatively straightforward workflow. Once you get the tools installed, the, the Neo Express tool, the, the Visual Studio Code uh, debugger extension, there's also some new templates that plug into .NET Core's command line interface, and uh, an updated version of the, of the .NET, the Neon compiler, the Neo compiler for .NET. Uh, that works with the debugger so you can very easily say dotnet new neo contract boom now you've created a new smart contract i can immediately i can run dotnet build build the contract i can open that contract in um, visual studio code I can configure the debugger and i can step through it immediately and then i can con- Use the Neo Express tool to create a personal blockchain and uh, deploy that contract to the blockchain immediately.
0: Awesome. It sounds like you have definitely hit the ground running, uh, building out some tech products that you had in your mind. Um, I kind of want to shift the conversation a little bit because you and I just got to hang out at the Neo Community Assembly in Shanghai uh, for about a week. And I Even though you just officially joined on in June, this was the first time in the past couple years that a lot of these community developer groups were able to get into one room at the same time and kind of hash out uh, issues and solutions for the Neo blockchain. So I think that you joined at a perfect time. So I just kind of wanted to hear a little bit about what your experience was at the community assembly and... Uh, what excites you most about working with this group of distributed developers
1: so I I touched on this I think a little bit in the blog post that you mentioned earlier and I saw this firsthand not just this past week but also at the um, at the neo Con, uh, the neo Devcon that was held in Seattle back in uh, February um, I actually presented at that on the first day and uh, ended up having to step in and be the MC the second day. Um, as the, the the MC that they had hired. Unfortunately, it had to drop out at the last minute. And so I got a chance to, for example, I, I got a chance to meet um, Stanislav from the uh, the NeoFS team. And I got to meet um, Igor and Vitor from Neo Research. And because they were both, they were all, these guys were presenting at uh, Neo DevCon. And so one of the things that impressed me at the time, and, and definitely like on steroids at the Neo Community Assembly, is how distributed and global this community really is, Um, you know, obviously, Microsoft has a very global presence, given the nature of the organization. But it's very, um, Microsoft is a is a giant gravity well in that in that community. So it's all about what Microsoft is doing. And what's great about this for NEO, what's great about the NEO community for me is how much more opportunity um, the you know, is being distributed across this uh, across this community, it isn't like a lot of stuff happening in the center. The very sort of centralized approach. You know, the the guys who are leading the the NeoFS work are out of Russia. The guys who are leading the uh, the the guys who are doing a lot of the um, the work around the consensus protocols and the delegated Byzantine uh, fault tolerance stuff. Those guys are out of Brazil. As is the product owner for Neo three. Obviously, the core dev team is in Shanghai. Um, we have the the, the I, I think the I don't think they were the Python guys were here, but I'm pretty sure they're in Europe. If I remember correctly, the Java team uh, the Java team is in in Europe. Um, obviously, you know the developer tools team is in Seattle. So the there's some unique challenges that come with this, but the opportunity for the folks in these different communities to contribute to the core is just. It's it's both humbling and inspiring, right? I uh, and it it's it's a community that I wanted to be a part of. That's why I took, part of the reason I took the job.
0: Awesome, we're we're super psyched to have you on board, and it's exciting to hear your broader vision for Neo and how you're building out the dev tools to kind of help NGD Seattle fit into that picture. So I guess uh, before we end this conversation. Um, I'm curious to hear if there's anything else you'd like to share with the Neo community.
1: I think the thing for me is that it's a uh, it, it's a mind shift to think about how to approach a blockchain, any, any technology, blockchain or otherwise, uh, from the perspective of a platform. Um, uh, for example, uh, as I mentioned earlier, one of the reasons I built these specific dev tools first is because these were the ones that I felt were the most important ones to get done, you know, quickly to help get new developers into the ecosystem. And the truth of the matter is that in a platform, you have to have developer tools. Developer tools are like anti at a poker game. And so if, if there's any, if there's ever going to be any success for any platform, they have to have dev tools. They don't always have to be great dev tools. Um, look at how Apple's dev tools, you know, they're not exactly particularly great, but that hasn't stopped them from dominating the mobile phone market. Um, but you have to have them. And so, one of the things that I think is really important going forward for Neo as a platform is to keep the, you know, to ha- the better integrated we can have the developer tools with the core platform, uh, the better off it's going to be for everybody. Windows has a division, you know, that focuses on the kernel, and Windows has a division that focuses on the networking stack and storage. And Windows has a division that focuses on the developer experience. And so that same kind of mentality, um, maybe not the same level of um, overhead <laughs> or centralization that Microsoft has. Um, I, I was joking about adding some support for process. And Microsoft has, you know, you have to write specifications and they used to have a document called a one pager. The template was five pages long. <laughs> That's a little more process than I think anybody needs. Um Though, to their credit, they don't do that anymore. Um, so, but this idea of having um, uh, you know the things that you have to do in order to be a successful platform are more than just technology. You have to have great technology, and Neo has great technology. But we also have to have you know the experience that you have from all these different languages: the Neo Python, the Neo One, the the Neo for J, um, all those kind of teams. How critical that is going to be to the success of Neo going forward—it's hard to understate that. Uh, it's hard to overstate that. I mean.
0: Well, Harry, uh, this has been an awesome conversation. Uh, I think the Neo community is going to be really excited to hear what you have to say. And I personally am happy that you've joined on board. So I want to thank you very much for your time today. And I can't wait to catch up with you, uh, hopefully sometime in Seattle.
1: And it'd be great. Come anytime. All right. Well, have a great day, Harry. Okay.
0: So what did you think of that conversation? Was it exciting or what? I look forward to seeing what NGD Seattle will be releasing in the future. And if you would like to keep up with more information about what is happening in the NEO ecosystem, you can go to neonewstoday.com or you can also subscribe to our Twitter page or YouTube page. Thank you and have an awesome day.